Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Did you see this? I sent this to me earlier today. I also found it somewhere else. I'd forgotten this. She's going to get mad at me that I forgot that she sent it to me, but she did. I found this just a minute ago. This potential juror in the Parkland shooting case. So this is, this is you know, a serious, awful case. She tells the judge... She tells the judge, I just, as someone who's been a juror in the past, and I think about the conversations that people had with the judge in the case, who did a great job, by the way, um, the, the, the discussions about not being able to, you know, the burden of being on a jury that would be meeting, hearing evidence for two, two and a half weeks, whatever it was, um, there really wasn't. A whole, a whole lot of sympathy. I might even suggest there should be. That's not the point of this. But this juror straight up legitimately tells, I would play, I don't know if you can hear the sound bite on the radio, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay it or play it. But she tells the judge that there's certain days she cannot be there because she's married and I have my sugar daddy. She's, she, she's married too, just for the record. But she has to see her sugar daddy. She legitimately tells this to the judge presiding over the, again, the Parkland case with Nicholas Cruz. This could involve the death penalty. She's telling the judge, I'm married and I have a sugar daddy. Folks, this is, this is the world that we live in today. The bizarre, out of control stuff. And I guess... I don't know if I want to say kudos to the judge for her, you know, for holding it together. I, but part of me thinks she should drop the hammer on this lady for even beginning to try to explain why she couldn't be at the trial. Certain, I just can't believe this stuff. Anyway, folks, welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email your thoughts, questions, opinions, feedback, and of course, adoration and praise always accepted at the email Todd at Todd Huff Show. Dot com And, you know, this is a Friday. We try to, you know, Fridays are often serve as a catch-up point. In fact, there's some things I want to catch up on that were from, I mean, this might have been, this might have been about 10 days ago. This was the end of, I think, March 29th. I was, I had this ready to go and talk about, um, but given... Well, given the news of the day and all the stuff going on, we didn't get to it. But since it has become somewhat more relevant because of uh, something that happened on Chris Wallace's program, he was talking with uh, Ms. Hannah Jones about, well, about the greatest generation and about slavery and uh just the democracy in America, racism, and so forth in America. I don't want to get into that, but because it, um, <clears throat> it's a long clip of back in 
back and forth. Uh, but since it's since it's raised itself back on my radar here, I feel like this is imp- uh, an appropriate thing to discuss because it was something I wanted to talk about at the time. This was Chris Wallace. Now, you'll remember Chris Wallace used to be an anchor or a um, used to have a show on Fox News. And I'm looking here at the conservative brief. This is from March 27th. Chris Wallace claims staying at Fox News after 2020 election wasn't sustainable. I want to talk about this. Now, remember, he goes to CNN, right? He ends up at CNN, (laughs) literally CNN, where Project Veritas has, you know, hidden cameras. They have literally video evidence of the shenanigans of the literal fake news in production. We have Jeff Zucker, who at the time was the what the CEO of CNN, basically saying, hey, I don't want to talk about anything but, and I, I think it was Trump impeachment stuff that they wanted to focus on. I think that was it at the time of the Project Veritas case. It really doesn't matter because what it is, any point, any conversation that CNN has ever had has been intended in those meetings has been intended to be damaging to the Republican Party and helpful to the Democrat Party. So you could pick any issue and and insert it into that conversation um, that the one that was leaked, the one that was caught on video by James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, which is, I don't know if you've seen that clip. That's worth Googling to watch if you haven't, where James O'Keefe jumps on the conference call and tells Jeff Zucker, hey, uh, we've been hanging out in your staff meetings here for a couple of weeks, just basically listening to the shenanigans that you, you know, uh, watching fake news in production, basically is what we've been doing. And Jeff Zucker just calmly uh, says, hey, we're going to have to put a new number out, a new code, whatever. Um, Thanks, everybody, for being here. And they, you know, hang up the call. But the evidence is there. CNN... You know, the positioning statement, the, the the way that they try to brand CNN is what, the most trusted name in news. But, of course, it's ridiculous. This is, the, of course, the place where people like tough guy Chris Cuomo go, who we now have evidence was trying to help his brother at the time, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, who at the time was positioning himself or was getting accolades left and right from Democrats, from people in the media. In fact, they wanted him to be either the vice presidential candidate. Of course, I mean, I know Biden at the time was, well, ever since Biden was asked about his VP, had told us it's going to be a black woman that's the VP. That's the only that's the only requirement that he listed. So Governor Andrew Cuomo did not fit the criteria for that. I mean... Assuming that gender and race are absolutes in the world, but that's another story altogether. So we have that uh, scenario, tough guy Chris Cuomo helping his brother out, not doing things that a journalist would do under normal circumstances if he's a true journalist, literally protecting his brother. We had that situation go down. We also had, I mean, just the regular day-to-day stuff that we see from Don Lemon, who is, I mean... Just really, really a confused um, <laughs> individual. If you listen to, if you ever watch a show, I tune in sometimes for 
entertainment value just to kind of see. I haven't done it in a while, but I have. I used to I used to flip it on. I don't I think one of them goes on, went off the air at nine, the other or started at nine, the other started at ten. Whatever the case. But that's where this is where Chris Wallace ends up. But Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace, I'm reading from this article here, conservativebrief.com. Former Fox News anchor Chris Wallace claimed that he could not remain in his old network any longer following the 2020 election because doing so was not, quote, sustainable. He also said that, quote, he no longer felt comfortable with Fox News programming, uh, end quote, days ahead of the launch of a new program on CNN's soon-to-debut subscription stream uh, streaming service, CNN Plus, which by all accounts has kind of nosedived right out of the gates. Article continues here. The 18-year network vet made his remarks in an interview with the New York Times, fantastic, in order to hawk his new show, Who's Talking to Chris Wallace, which is set for a Tuesday launch again. This is just a couple of weeks ago. I just no longer felt comfortable with the programming at the network, Wallace said. Now, this is, this is what I want to settle on here and talk about this morning. I'm fine with opinion. Well, that's great. I'm glad that we can have opinions, uh, Chris Wallace. He continues here, conservative opinion, liberal opinion. But when people start to question the truth, who won the 2020 election was January 6th, an insurrection. I found that unsustainable. I spent a lot of 2021 looking to see if there was a different place for me to do my job. Of course, he found that it's CNN, which apparently in the mind of Chris Wallace, is totally sustainable, totally reasonable, totally rational. The network, or well, the the cable news outlet that talked incessantly about Trump-Russian collusion for years, we now have demonstrable evidence that that was a total fabricated hoax. The network, or the news outlet here, who helped push the narrative that ultimately led to Trump's first impeachment, Trump's second impeachment. The network, I mean, I could go down the list. How many things? I just saw an article yesterday that was talking about, let me see if I can find it here really quickly. I think I found this on Bongino Report. Let me see. I don't know. I look a, I look different places for information. Let me see if I can find this really quickly. But effectively, what, what, they, uh, what the article found, yeah, here it is. Let me, let me get this right here. The Epic Times, by the way. Here's, here's an organization that actually tries to do some journalism. Epic Times headline, Memo Reveals State Department Assessed in Early 2020. Early 2020. That lab leak was most likely origin of COVID-19. So there's a State Department memo in early 2020. Out there when Democrats were still pushing impeachment, going through the impeachment shenanigans for President Trump. Remember this. Remember what they were doing as COVID was making its way through the United States onto the shores. Of course, we're being told Trump's the responsible or Trump's the ones that's responsible for that. That's what we're told. That's the narrative. But remember who was playing politics as this was probably already in the country as we've, well, actually it was as we have since found out. But there's a memo in early 2020 that said the lab leak was was most likely the origin of COVID-19. Do you remember 
when people simply shared this opinion, when people mentioned this, when people talked about a lab leak, this was called fake news. Fake news on social media. Now, I can't go back and pinpoint 100% certainty that CNN called it the same thing, but I would be willing to wager that they did. How do I know that? Because the mainstream media, the people at CNN, the people at CBS, the people at NBC, the people at MSNBC, the people at the Washington Post, the New York Times, the people at now Facebook, the people at now Twitter, all these folks are of the same political persuasion, and all of these folks act in collusion. I'm going to use that word every opportunity I get because they're the ones, the radical left are the ones who are actually engaging in real, legitimate, repeated, day-to-day collusion to keep information away from you, to keep information away from me, to make sure that we don't know the truth, which is a word, going back to Chris Wallace here, that he cited, and I want to talk about this. He said, I have no problem, or I'm fine with opinion, conservative opinion, liberal opinion, but what when people start to question the truth. So he has a, que- he, he has a problem with people questioning the truth. And this is what I want to talk about today. This is, for a journalist to me, this is truly the most bizarre way of phrasing uh, this or you could say framing this issue, that I could possibly imagine Start when people start questioning the truth. Oh, Chris, I would love to talk about the truth. In fact, Chris, truth, truth isn't afraid of anybody's questions. Truth, truth will make itself known regardless of who believes it and who doesn't. Truth is an immovable force. Truth cannot be altered. I mean to question the truth. That is completely the wrong way of looking at this. And I want to explore this because this goes to show me Chris Wallace is even more clueless when it comes to even arriving at what the truth is. You have to ask tough questions to determine what is actually true. I mean, I referenced off the top this lady who needs time with her sugar daddy to not go to the trial of the Parkland shooter. It's a capital murder trial. If she's chosen for that jury, she says, hey, you know, I, I need to see my sugar daddy, which is just, inc- it's not incredible. She's probably the same woman that calls 911 when McDonald's is out of french fries or something. But this is, this is, I think about a court, a court of law. The whole premise of presenting evidence and determining what the truth is, is there's an adversarial system between prosecution and defense and one side is questioning actually they're both questioning the truth the questions help push the truth to the surface chris wallace doesn't want any questions at all about anything that he has deemed or the folks at cnn has deemed to be true and i contend that is a bazillion times not to be mathematically uh, precise here for those in the bernie sanders wing of the Democrat Party who are already struggling with, I love you, by the way. I'm just having a little fun. You got to admit socialists have problems with math, though, uh, because, I mean, you can see what happens when they run the economy. But, 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 the, the problem here is that 
sh- people like Chris Chris Wallace, um, they should be asking. <laughs> they should precisely be asking questions to help us determine what truth actually is. And I've got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, the one and only Todd Huff. Back here, folks, in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program is brought to you in part by Best in Sight. I care. Best Inside I Care. They have a couple of convenient locations in central Indiana. Again, this is for our listeners who are listening on Freedom 95 here in Metro Indianapolis. They have a couple of locations. And, you know, if you're looking, maybe, you know, maybe you've not had your eyes and uh, looked at. Maybe you need to have a new. Uh, a new pair of glasses, maybe your prescription isn't working as it should, maybe your eyes are straining, you're getting headaches, whatever the case may be. BestInsightEyeCare.com, check them out. As I mentioned, a couple of locations in Indianapolis, the central Indiana uh, area, New Palestine and Indianapolis. BestInsightEyeCare.com, be sure you tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So, Let's continue this conversation. Let's continue this conversation that Chris Wallace opened up here, which is talking about truth and talking about questioning truth. And again, he tells this to the, the, uh, to the New York Times. He says he's fine with opinion, which bravo, Chris, for allowing us to have our opinions. He's, a, he's okay with conservative opinions. He's okay with liberal opinions. I don't know if he's okay with other opinions or not, but that's what he said. But when people start to question the truth, that's when he has problems. And as examples, he lists who won the 2020 election. Was January 6th an insurrection? He just had a problem with that. That's how he had to leave. That's why he had to leave uh, Fox News and go to CNN, where they literally are on video creating fake news for the day, or at least creating a news narrative for the day. That's what the, you know, Jeff Zucker, exposed by Project Veritas, telling his team, I don't want to hear about anything else besides, I forget what it was at the time. It was Trump, something with impeachment, I think. That's that's the whole, as far as I'm concerned, this is what he told the team. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. As far as I'm concerned, nothing else is happening on planet Earth besides this Trump story of impeachment. And that's all we're going to talk about until basically I say otherwise. That's Jeff Zucker. So Chris Wallace is cool with that, but he's not okay with people asking about the 2020 election results. Has, has, how many people have even followed this? I mean, there's been news break even recently on the 2020 election. It doesn't get covered. It doesn't get covered. But let's, let's take a step back and even ask ourselves, what did we actually, the people who were, asking questions. What were they really asking? And you go back to to January 6th. You go back to people in the Senate, in the House of Representatives, who were going to challenge electoral votes that were presented to Mike Pence as official electoral votes. It's not as though... (laughs) This is so bizarre to me. 
no one no one said, "Hey, we know Biden won the election." I mean, I'm sure that there's some somebody out there that looked at this as an opportunity to do that, but that's not the argument. The argument is that we know Biden won, let's just stop him from being president. The argument is how do we know do we really have faith in the numbers that these states are telling us, especially when we look at, I mean, some of the irregularities, especially when you begin to look at um, some of the some of the data, some of the things that were alleged to have happened, some of the things we saw on video. The issue, <laughs> the issue never was. It never was. This is Chris Wallace. I don't know if he's scared to tell the New York Times, uh, you know, uh, something that's actually accurate and true, and he's he's trying to win their favor. He knows he's in the, you know, he's going to a network that is, you know, in cahoots basically with uh, New York Times and the rest of the media. I don't know if it's it's his way of trying to say, hey, I'm really sorry for being at Fox. I don't know what. I don't really care because the thing is. Truth, truth can withstand your questions, Chris. Truth can withstand whatever question you throw at it. In fact, there is a, a, a field of study in Christian, I guess you could say Christian ministry. It's called Christian apologetics. Christian apologetics. I'm picking this because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian too. I'm just, I'm telling you this for a reason. Christian apologetics says... The basic premise is it means we're going to give a defense of the Christian faith. That's what it means. It doesn't mean apologize for it, so I'm really sorry that we believe this. That's not what apologetics is. Apologia means to give a defense. And so so there are people that study quite literally how to give a defense for Christianity. Now, you can, you can say that that defense is erroneous. You can say it's silliness. You can say whatever you want. But the, the premise of having to give a defense for your faith is that you are willing to go and take the questions. So for a Christian apologist, a Christian apologist believes that Christianity is absolutely true, that there is a God who created the earth and that God created mankind. And to take that as the founders took it, that God gave all people, all people, Certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, property, whatever, free will, you know, your freedom to swing your arm ends where someone else's nose begins. We kind of talk about those things. God created that universe and that world. They believe this to be factually true. I believe this to be factually true and accurate. So, but they also recognize that people don't believe that. People believe that we're here by chance. People believe that. I guess uh, either something else created the universe, the universe is self-created, the universe is eternal. Of course, those things are both indefensible when you look at those things philosophically. I don't want to get into that at the moment. I'm saying people have other opinions, other beliefs, and they're going to say that the idea that there's a God is, is not true, right? So, in fact, someone who would come out and declare that with absolute, absolute certainty, which they don't ever really do this, but that would be someone who's an atheist. They're absolutely certain that there is no God. A Christian apologist says, let's debate that. You are free to make any allegation. You are free 
to raise any point of concern. You are free to ask me anything that you want. By the way, I may not have answers to every single question that you ask, but if that does happen, and Norman Geisler said this, if I don't have an answer, that doesn't necessarily mean God doesn't have one. It probably just means that Norman Geisler said this, so he said that Norman Geisler's uh, Norman Geisler is ignorant on this particular subject, or I'm ignorant on this particular subject. If you know, I can answer a lot, but maybe I can't answer everything. No one can answer absolutely everything, and ironically, if they could, if someone had all knowledge, that's another way of saying they have a characteristic of God, which kind of defeats the idea to begin with that there isn't a God, but I don't want to get into that. The point is, someone who really believes in truth, someone who really believes in truth would actually say, bring it. I remember with, I remember this as clearly as yesterday when I was in college. I remember going to class. I remember signing up because I was in a pre-law program. I was planning on going to law school. They told me at Butler University to take a, as wide a variety of courses as possible and to take courses from the department heads of various departments within the, you know, within the college, within the, well, within the university. And so I signed up for, um, a, I think it was a biology course. I don't, it was a science course. I forget the actual name of it. But anyway, we were talking, there was a, a, a series on evolution, Micro, not macro, or excuse, I'm sorry, macroevolution, not microevolution. And so evolution of species. And the professor actually told the class, and he knew already that I was, he kind of looked at me at the time. He's a, I liked him. I, I'm not going to say his name, but I, I liked him. I had, I had respect for this guy. I thought, I thought he was wrong in what he said, but I still liked and respected him. He looked at the class and he said, now some of you come from backgrounds of you know religious faith or you've been taught certain things by the end of this part of the semester or whatever you're going to have serious questions about that now according to chris wallace if i believe that creation is true i should have left i should, oh no don't ask questions you know what i i remember saying this i remember i probably have this written down somewhere i remember thinking bring it hot shot bring, bring it and Go ahead and try to sh share to me and the rest of the class, share with me and the rest of the class, how science can prove, how science can prove that there's no outside force, who, by the way, would be acting outside of the realm of science because the creator is outside of science to begin with. But, you know, let's, give me your best shot because I want to learn. I want to figure out where the holes are in your argument. I want you to, I want you to question truth. And I am... As, I mean this sincerely, and I know we have a wide variety of listeners, and some of you may be hardcore uh, Darwinian, uh, Darwinist, I guess I should say, and that's, I mean, I, we can be friends. I totally reject, totally reject a lot of that stuff. Maybe, I, I don't want to get into that at the moment, details, but there's a creator is my bottom, bottom line. But I remember at the end of that semester, at the end of that part of the lesson, I'm going to have to do this after the break because I'm long. But I remember what I thought, and I'm going to tell you after the other, on the other side of the break, because I'm long this segment. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. All right, my friends. So let me finish the story here. <laughs> when I was 
This was uh, 2000, no, probably 98 or 99, which really dates me for some of you in the audience. Some of you were not born in 1998 or 1999. Anyhow, I was, um, the professor said that to the class. Um, For those of you who don't have faith, or those of you who do have faith, you're going to have some serious problems, some serious struggles at the end of the semester. And I remember thinking, bring it. I did. Bring it was literally the phrase. I'm just, I I know, I know that there is no better. There there is not even a uh, a reasonable alternative to the beginning of the universe outside of a creator. I'm sorry. I mean, I just I don't see it any other way. So I just say, bring it, man. Let's let's see how much problems you're going to cause my faith. And I remember getting to the end of the semester. I kid you not. I'm sitting there in class, and he kind of wraps up his his presentation as though he's totally dismantled the Christian faith in our class. And he says, well, and I say in my head, I say, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, it's even less. I, you, you build it up to be something that was going to change my world. And I'm over here thinking... It's less impressive than I even thought it was, which I didn't believe it to begin with. Again, macro evolution, evolution of species and all that sort of stuff. Microevolution is a different thing. Um, you know, the, the small beaks and the finch and all that stuff, big beaks. That, 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 that's a thing that, you know, species pass along certain genes. And if certain genes get you killed before you can pass on your genes, there's less of those genes to go around. That That's, to me, common sense. But to say that one species can become another, and there's a missing transition, uh, transition uh, fossil record and all that. Where, where are the the transitionary species today? All that sort of all those questions to me are relevant questions. And I remember thinking, this guy's got to be kidding me. So I I asked him if we could sit down and talk because I wanted to share with him. You know, he he challenged me. He basically told me, and I, I he called us out in front of the class, and I thought, well. You probably need to know how this went with me. Um, you thought apparently that I was no longer going to believe in God after this. And so I said to him, Professor so-and-so, you know, I'd like to sit down and talk with you. And I, I sincerely meant this in the nice, I, I wasn't trying to be combative. I just wanted him to know that I was not swayed at all. And I told him this. I, we had a meeting. I went to his office. Boy, this was, this was something else too. It turned into a two-hour meeting. The guy lost his crap on me he was pounding the desk screaming at me and i'm sitting there like i'm a freaking 20 year old college student man like get it together and there was a girl out there in the waiting room i remember feeling bad for her she had to listen to this and i told him very politely professor so-and-so um you know i actually find this to be less persuasive than (laughs) i thought it might have been i just i I really think that this is some really faulty logic that you're building your entire worldview on. Again, I'm not talking about just evolution. I'm saying evolution that says we don't need a creator. That's the big leap there. Whatever you think about evolution of in other ways, like that is the leap. Evolution somehow accounts for the need for there to be a creator. That makes no sense to me because where did the stuff come from? It's not eternal. Second law of thermodynamics would demonstrate that it's, it's got to come from somewhere it's not self-created what's left i mean there's no there's no other option that's left so 
Anyway, he's yelling at me. He kind of calms down at one point, and he says to me, he says, if you could walk on Holcomb Pond, that's a pond, I was, this was a butler, Holcomb Pond, which was not too far from where we were, then I would believe. This is what he said to me. Remember the guy who told me that it was going to radically destroy my faith by hearing his evidence suddenly would believe if I can walk on a pond, which is a bizarre thing to say to me. <laughs> to which I said, this came to me in the moment, I said, Professor, don't, nope, I shouldn't do that. I about said the name there. Oz looked at me. I don't think I said it. Professor so-and-so. Um, that's already been done, and I wasn't the one to do it. And he didn't really appreciate that. I wasn't trying to be smart, but I was trying to point out that there is evidence, right? I mean, there there's a whole gospel account of, of a guy named Jesus um, that is both talked about in the gospel, but also also talked about in... Other historical accounts, not to the same level of detail, but things written about him that can be, uh, that at least is, uh, corroborates to some degree some of the things Jesus did. And so that's, that's kind of where that story ended. I always wanted to reconnect with him. I, I didn't. Um, I liked him. He's a smart guy. Um, but he was really, really upset at that. And my point in saying, sharing that whole story is, is for people to say you can't even question truth, I'm willing to say question it all you want because truth doesn't, <laughs> truth will stand, right? Truth will stand. Truth likes light, lies like darkness, lies like misinformation, deceit. Those things like, you know, one another, those things hang out in a crowd. They, they are antithetical to truth. They are promoting an agenda. They're not just simply seeking truth. And Chris Wallace is way off on the way he looks at this. You should be able to question things that we're told are truth. I welcome, I welcome someone to challenge. I mean, if I'm defending truth, folks, my job is easy. I, I love it if someone starts questioning something that is fundamentally true. It is the easiest thing to defend if you just adhere to the principles of, you know, persuasion and all that sort of stuff and try to understand where a person's coming from so that you can best present it. But I don't I don't tell you you can't question question anything you want about constitutional conservatism and Christianity. I welcome the opportunity. I don't tell you not to ask it. In fact, if you have the question, I beg you to ask it. I beg you to ask it. I don't tell you that I'm not going to associate with you as Chris Wallace did because you asked the question. All right, my friends, quick time out. Going to shift gears when we get back. Back here in just a minute. Friends, so, well, I was talking with Oz here. Oz was talking about the show during during the break. The, the, whole, the whole point of, of talking about truth, and that's something I want to talk about on this show. What is truth? I want to talk about that. In fact, if I, if I summarized, and I do this, I've, I've broken down the motivations of, 
for why we do this program. And at, at its core, at its core, is I want to help people hear and receive truth. Now, that sounds a little, I know that can sound a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit full of myself. That's not how I mean that. Um, I don't have it all figured out, folks. In fact, that I would argue that's why I'm a conservative, because that means there's not someone at the top of government or society that has it all figured out telling the rest of us dopes how to live. That's not how it works. Conservatism says, hey, we have a limited government and a lot of liberty for people to live their own lives, make their own decisions. That is at its core what it is. And so I don't need to have a lot of answers. Conservatives don't have to have the answers to all the things because all the issues because conservatism says let's set up a system where people and businesses and you know individuals and everything else they can operate without hindrance without unnecessary i don't know interference from government that makes them look more and more the same because government does that when it gets its hands involved in things it starts to classify groups and businesses and so forth and they begin to say, well, this is how you have to categorize. And there's all this, it creates conformity. And I say, let people be free. And the less interference we had from government, the more, the more likely we're going to have people coming up with ideas we don't even know about. And so when you think about that and as it pertains to truth, as it pertains to truth and having this discussion, you have to, you have to question things. We have to be able to question things that maybe we thought were true or accurate or the best way. And maybe there's a new development, a new technology, a new whatever that makes us realize, well, maybe that wasn't a truth. Maybe that was just a way of doing it back in this time. Now we have this solution, this opportunity. These things are now available. And if you're not allowed to question things, you're not allowed to improve things. I just... (laughs) I, I just, uh, that's how I see it. And if it is a fundamental truth and you question it, it's not going to crumble. It's going to stand firmly. It is an immovable force no matter how many questions. I'm flattered, or I'm not flattered, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of humored that Chris Wallace thinks that he can, or some, anyone can question truth enough that it would crumble. That's just completely the wrong way of looking at it. Quick time out, my friends. Back and wrap up for the week in just a minute. My friends, I can already hear it. I know this is the saddest time of the week for many of you as we are wrapping up another week of amazing broadcasts here on the Todd Huff Show. But fear not. Fear not. You can always go back. Had you, If you missed anything, you can listen to our podcast. Download that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Todd Huff Show is the name, of course, of that podcast. You can listen to episodes that you may have missed or... Parts of episodes you didn't hear the whole the whole thing of, uh, the, hear the whole episode. You can check those out anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also go to the website, toddhuffshow.com slash podcast or toddhuffshow.com slash listen. So, folks, music's telling me it's time to wrap up for the day. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, my friends, SDG. Take care. <laughs>